Welcome to Indie Dotes, the podcast that shares the stories of independent creators. I'm your host, Susan Bond. Today on the show, I have Mike Eaton. Mike is a team leader at Quicken Loans, and he heads up Kalamazoo X. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Susan. It's good to be here. So um, let's talk about, today we want to talk about Kalamazoo X. Uh, I've spoken at this conference, so I, I know it firsthand, but I'd love to know more about sort of the background and how it got started. So uh, can you tell, actually, let's just start with telling everybody what Kalamazoo X is. Oh, Kalamazoo X is a different kind of conference. Um, it started out years ago uh, as something, we wanted it to be different. Right. There were so many conferences at the time that were just all tech. It was all tech all the time. And so a group of us got together and we wanted something that was just different. Uh, and where we started is not where we are today. So today we really describe it as a conference more for the heart than the head. Uh, a lot of passion, humor, tears, um, stories, storytelling. Um, you know, it's really a place to be uncomfortable and to think, uh, basically be a better human. So it's not about the technology. It's not about those things. It's just how can we be better humans? Yeah, I, I of course, you know, I, I like that. Um, so um, when did you start the conference? So we had the first conversations about the conference back in 2007, late 2007. Uh, a group of us that were in a user group together got together. Now, I had just gotten involved in the user group. So I kind of interjected myself into their conference planning plans. Um, again, this was a time, it, especially in the Midwest. So I'm from Michigan. So it was, you know, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, uh, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee. There were conferences every weekend for uh, that whole summer of, of, you know, 2007, 2008. So a group of us were like, hey, let's do one here, right? Let's put Kalamazoo on the map. Um, and so we, we started talking about it. And at the time... I had gone to this user group with a, a friend and mentor, Josh Holmes, uh, and he introduced me to the folks there and said, you should get involved in this. So I did. And he said, just make it different, right? We don't need yet another code camp. We don't need yet another, you know, day of .NET or, or whatever. So uh, we went into it and it was, I don't remember how we landed on what we landed on, on, on the soft skills. I, it's been so long ago, but we really, at some point we said, let's not make it be tech. Let's have it be something else. And so that first year, you know, again, soft skills came up, you know, kind of things that weren't technology, design, leadership, um, those types of things. And so I had the connections into the speaker community at the time. So I started reaching out to friends and said, Hey, we're going to do this conference in Kalamazoo. Are you guys interested? And everyone was like, yeah, absolutely. And so the original plan was for it to be this normal multi-track conference, but with different content. So no tech, but you know, we were going to have five tracks and, and all this kind of thing. Wow. Well, for your first, for your first go, that's pretty ambitious. Yep. Uh, well, that, it, 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 it turned out, it turned out that, it, you know, obviously things didn't quite work out that way. So a couple of things I want to talk about. So the name, so as we were trying to, to plan this conference, we just could not come up with a name, right? And so that the first year, it's like, well, what is it about? It's about soft skills. And so we pitched really lame names, Kalamazoo Soft Skills Conference, uh, just awful, awful names. So in all of our emails, we just kept referring it to 
referring to it as the Kalamazoo X Conference, right? Just that was our code name because we didn't have a name for it. Right. And it just stuck. Um, and so, you know, being typical geeks that we are, we said, okay, let's, we can, we can spin this, right? We can say, you know, X is a variable. So maybe this year X is soft skills. Maybe next year X is something else. Maybe it's cloud. Maybe it's something geeky. We, we didn't know. So uh, this is our code name and it, it, it stuck and it's just one of those things. Um, but the other thing is, so we did all this planning. I got all these, I had 15, 16 speakers lined up. Tickets went on sale uh, and we were a month out and had like 20 people signed up. So I, I was just, I was panicked. You know, I didn't know what to do. Well, so, and how many people, if you had 20, what were you, had you been hoping to expect? We were hoping, you know, like typical day.net at the time in the region was, was getting 150, 200 people. Okay. So we, we kind of thought that was reasonable for a first year. Uh, it, it wasn't, um, but that's okay, right? So I reached out again. I, I have a lot of, of friends and, and mentors in the community. Uh, and so I reached out to one of them, uh, Jim Holmes, who's another Kalamazoo X speaker over the years. And I just said, dude, I'm lost. And he, so he, his big thing is he helped run CodeMash for a number of years. Yep. And so it was someone that I knew run, uh, ran a big conference and could kind of give me some, some perspective. And he said, he said, dude, you know what? Look, if you had 10 people there, if you had 20 people there, I don't care. I'm still coming. Because he was one of those first-year speakers. So we thought about it. And the organizing team got together one day, uh, probably about a month ago, and we said, okay, what, do, what can we do about this? And it was suggested, and I honestly don't remember who made the suggestion. Uh, someone said, well, what if we don't do five tracks? Hmm. What, if we do five, what if we do one? Okay, that's, that's an interesting idea. No one was doing that at the time. Yeah, so was it originally conceived as a one-day conference, five tracks? So how many speakers had you had scheduled? Yep, so it was going to be one day, five tracks. I had 15 speakers scheduled. Okay, all right. And, and so it was just a, like a month ago, we, we got together and said, okay, this is how it's going to be. We're going to do uh, a single track. And so I reached out to the speakers, and I said, okay, this is what we talked about. You know, you signed up for an hour-long um, session you know, all this. And all but one of the speakers responded with, oh my God, yes, I still want to do this. Because all of a sudden their one hour uh, session went down to 20 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, you've got to really crunch down the time in order to fit that many folks. And so everybody but one was okay, said, yes, I'm in. Yep. And the, the, the one person I understood it, he's like, I, I can't drive five hours to deliver a 20 minute talk. And I, I totally understood, right? Yeah. There's no hard feelings there. Right. But they were all fired up. They were just like, yes, I want to do this. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how the, the format came about. It was, again, it was just a, it was not planned. It was not even close to what we had originally envisioned for it. Uh, but we did it. And the first year, I think we had probably, I don't know, 75 attendees. Got it. So, okay. So you went from 20 to 75 attendees within about a month or so before the conference. That's, that's, that's a nice increase. Yeah. Well, that again, so I will be totally open here. That included the, the 14 speakers, right? So they all, cause it was one room. Uh, it wasn't like we were spread out. Yep. Uh, and honestly, some of my favorite pictures are from that first year of the speakers, uh, just 
everything. It was just a fantastic time. And, and I, we tried to record the first year and, and it failed, but I did get some, some really good pictures. We had really good sessions on leadership, on design, on, on uh, community, things like that. And then from there, it just, you know, the, the next year. The, yeah, go, go ahead. Well, it's gonna, the next year, did you go back? Did you say, okay, we need to go single track? Or did you go want to revisit multi-tracks? Oh, no. I was bought into the single track. I was totally bought into it because the, the, the cool thing is with a single track, I mean, everyone's there. It's a shared experience for, for me as well. Right. So I wouldn't be running around to, to five different rooms, checking things out. I could be there and experience the whole thing. The whole audience could experience the whole day together. Uh, and I, I've said this for a number of years. This conference ends up being a very selfish event for me because it gives me the chance to see, for the most part, my friends getting up and giving these amazing talks. And if I can experience that all in one room without having to, to run around worrying about everything else, then it, it's just amazing. So yeah, so year two, you know, it was, I had the formula um, at that point. It was, yep, single track. I think I adjusted the times the second year. I still tried to cram in as many speakers as possible, which we've revisited since then. But uh, yeah, it's, and it, Again, we, we tried to follow the same thing, right? We were still hitting this soft skills topic, you know, and soft skills to us was anything that wasn't coding. So design, leadership, um, you know, we, I think someone gave a talk on design patterns, uh, you know, things like that. I, one person in the history of the conference has shown a slide with code on it. Uh, and that was that, I think, year two. Um, but it fit for what he was talking about. Uh, but it's slowly morphed over the years to be what it is today. Uh, and if we could talk about that, because there was one speaker in particular who probably in year four uh, gave a talk that just kind of turned the tide of the conference completely. And, and it's, it's now it is what it is now because of that one talk. Well, let's talk about that. I have chills right now. <laughs> so uh, I, one of the things that I, I, Early on, I gave guidance to speakers. I did because I wanted to make sure that, you know, we were hitting the things we said we were going to hit. As we got further into it and, you know, I started to develop more trust and look, I'm inviting some amazing speakers. I don't really care what they talk about. I just want to listen to them. And so uh, I think that was a year. It was, I think it was four. I think it was a like 2013 Elizabeth uh, Naramore at the time, Elizabeth Barron now, uh, she gave this talk called uh, Don't Drink Spoiled Milk or Stop Drinking Spoiled Milk. I remember this talk. But it was just really about, you know, mm. stop just dealing with the bad things in life. Just, you know, figure out how to make your life better. And it was, it was amazing. She went, she opened up like to a degree that no one else had opened up. Uh, you know, she laughed, she cried, she told stories. And it was just like a, it was an amazing experience. I remember just kind of being put back on my heels going, what, what just happened? Um, and the, the cool thing about the conference is because everyone is in the same room, speakers listen to each other and adjust based on what they've heard. So, you know, even that day, right, other speakers started to, to get a little deeper with what they were talking about. Uh, and then the next year, it was just more of that. It was speakers really opening up, really just going deep, getting personal, getting uh, really intimate with the audience. Just, you know, we, we got away from the, 
those topics of design and, and things. And it, and it really did get into where we are now. But that talk, I, I've watched that talk a couple of times since because that's one of the ones we, we recorded. Um, and recording has always been a weird thing for us because speakers have told me that that the camera affects what and how they they present um, mm. because they, they do go they do open up right i mean a lot of personal things uh, but that was one of the ones we captured um, but elizabeth has always been just an amazing speaker uh, and she just yeah i think that's one of the first years where where people cried like openly cried in the audience because of just how how powerful uh, that talk was yeah, I mean, I remember it very vividly. I mean, I cried. I'm like, I'm in tears right now from thinking about it. Yeah. I'm curious, um, how do you think that that turned the tide? Do you think it gave permission or do you think in some ways it shifted how you did things going forward with speakers? I think both, but I, I think the biggest piece, I think it did give permission. I think other speakers, because I, I again, the speakers I invite tend to be friends. Now, there are some outliers. There are people that I, I never met before who I've invited. You're, you're a good, good example of that. The first year, out of the blue, I invited you. Yep. Uh, but by and large, the speakers are, are friends. And so, you know, we're, we're all in that room together and they saw it. And I think it got them thinking like, oh, wow, I want to do a talk. I want to go deep. I want to talk about things like this. And so part of that, but then w with me too, it has been... Um, a shift in how I've been thinking about the talks, especially the last. So we're going into year number 10, the last three or four, um, I've been very clear to my speakers when I email them that I don't care what you talk about, just bring passion, right? Just, just, mm. you know, bring that, bring something you want to talk about. I don't care what it is. Um, just not tech, right? I don't want to have someone get up and, you know, listen about the latest framework at all. Um, but, but the speakers have embraced it completely that and the, you know, between that and the time frame, right. The, it's the, now a 30 minute session for them, uh, where they know they have to just get up and just nail it. And one of the things I've always said is I look for keynote quality talks from keynote quality speakers. So these are people who just, they, they get up and they nail these topics. Uh, even when they're going that deep and, and getting emotional, they're still up there. just, just rocking it out. It's such an amazing experience. And so the next year after Elizabeth's talk, how did you approach folks? And I want to go detailed into this because I think it's actually a really interesting turning point, right? When we have these turning points or inflection points in uh, a side project, uh, you know, anything like that. Um, so what did you do the next year differently, do you think, when you approached speakers? I think I started looking at the individuals, right? Mm. I, I, and, and having conversations with them. I remember having a conversation with one speaker, uh, Layla Sells, uh, I was down at a conference in uh, Knoxville and my friend, Alan Stevens, I think you met Alan. Uh, yep. He said, hey, you have to meet her. She has a fantastic idea for a talk. And so again, some of this is, is those speakers who had been there started being on the lookout for things that would be of interest, right? That would be a fit. Mm. And so she spent 20 minutes talking to me about how to be happy. And I just remember sitting there going, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is perfect. Yes, come talk about how to be happy. But so some of it's been that, right? These other speakers saying, hey, I think they would be good. But I, I also keep more of an eye out at, other, at conferences, too. I look for presence. I look for 
people who have that spark of, of passion that in something other than tech. Um, I mean, that's, this year's lineup was exclusively that. I was at a conference in Kansas City, and I just there were a couple talks. It's like I need to go see that. And just based on abstracts and you know talking about being a badass and and things like that. And I, I went into these talks, and the presence of these speakers was just outstanding. And and I I, I saw something that I, I knew they would have it. Uh, and so we talked briefly, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm all in." So. Yeah, it sounds like the there was a shift too to like the pathos, right? This deep heart, an mm-hmm. opening, uh, vulnerability. You know, uh, yeah. w- looking for folks who are really to just really like leave it all on the sta- on the stage, so to speak, in order to reach people about something they cared about. Yeah, well, and the attendees have helped that too, right? The attendees have, uh, you know, I've got some quotes out on the website right now from attendees and, and Twitter. Uh, and you know they, they've been very open about you know just just how it is right about how open the speakers get how vulnerable everyone is even the audience right it's someone said uh, you know if if you're not afraid to cry in public come join us next year because we'll all be we'll all be crying so it's things like that so speakers some speakers see that and they're like oh I want to be part of that too um, not that they want to make the audience cry don't get me wrong it's it's but they want to be part of this this uh, this journey this let's all be part of this this event um i think one of the one of the best compliments that was ever paid to the conference was someone described it as a it was like a braver more profane set of ted talks Mm. and i use that when i sell it to speakers who don't know about it and that always gets an eyebrow raised like what what are you what is this so because you know so it's it's all it's the it's the format it's the and I show them vulnerability too. When I invite, when I invite speakers, I, I tend to be emotional about it, right? Because it is such a, such a big part of my life and a big part of the last few years that I think they see it in me and, and of how important it is and what, what it means to people. And, but we've had people, there was one year, I think it was the year of Elizabeth's talk actually, uh, where people quit jobs. Wow. I mean, and, and it, you know, it was just a powerful thing. They're like, why am I drinking spoiled milk? This is stupid. Why, why am I just putting my head down and grinding this existence out? I, I'm not going to do this anymore because of that talk. And so That's powerful. Those stories get spread, and, and I think that just, it just helps, right, with, with the speakers, with the attendees, with, with everything. Well, and speaking of attendees... Did you notice any difference in the evaluations after that? Did you know? Did you notice anything that the attendees were saying once you had that shift? Um, was there? Did they say anything different? Yes, yeah, some people hated it. Some people absolutely mm-hmm. hated it, um, and that's okay, right? This isn't for everyone, and I'm open about that. This is not for everyone, um, but the people who love it love it. The people who love it are the biggest evangelists I could ever have, right? They they're out talking about it. They're bringing friends the next year. They're bringing family, right? This our audience, because my planning team and I were all nerds. We're all software developers. Our audience was that, but we've had more and more people say over the years, "Man, this is not just for software developers. This is for everyone." I'm bringing my family next year, right? I'm bringing my wife, who's a teacher. I'm bringing, you know, so and so who who is not even in this field. So I, I have noticed that a lot. Um, but so to go back to your original question, we've never done like official evaluations. I mean, we, 
we kind of sort of have, but mm-hmm. I mean, surveys are awful. No one likes doing them. Um, <laughs> right. and it, we haven't found a really good way to, to get that. So what I really look at is, is really just social media, the blog post. Um, and I have had some people reach out to me individually saying, Hey, by the way, so last year's a good example. Last year, someone brought some friends and they didn't know what to expect. Well, I take that back. They, they thought they knew what to expect. And then they got there and it was like a punch in the face to them. It's like, what, what people are crying? What am I, what did I get myself into? And so after the event, I got this feedback. Hey, I just wanted to give you this feedback about how your, your message says it's soft skills, but when you get there, it's different. And so that's what drove, we, we changed our conference description this year from, you know, this all focused on soft skills to, you know, more for the heart than the head and, and stories and storytelling and, and things like that. So we have gotten that kind of feedback, but, you know. Yeah, I, did I, it, yeah but like that whole idea of like being pun, I can't, punched in the head or punched in the face. I'm sorry, I can't remember what okay. you said. Punched in the face. Oh, punched in the face. I'm like, there was a punch. Um, did they mean that it was, was it the rock? Like it was more raw than they expected or more profane? Uh, what was the, I'm just curious like the, what the difference was there. Probably all of the above, mm. right? So I, I think the, the rawness was probably the biggest piece of it. Um, I, I don't think, well, one thing, you never know how, how it's going to be year to year, right? It depends on the speakers. It depends on, on what topics they bring. It depends on all sorts of things. So we have had some years where we haven't had that same vibe, but the last two or three we have. So I, I think it was, I, I think they didn't expect the emotion, the vulnerability from the speakers. Uh, they probably have never seen a conference runner get up and cry in front of an audience, which I do frequently because the talks are just powerful. Mm-hmm. I, it's just, you yeah. know, I, I hug every speaker as they come off because I'm probably crying and I can't get on the microphone to say anything. But uh, yeah, I think it was just that. Uh, we've, we haven't really had anyone complain about the, the profanity. In fact, last year, someone said they were really digging the, the, the uh, what do they say? The pro profanity vibe the conference offered. But, but so that to me is I just will never tell speakers what they can or can't say. I will not censor them. Mm. I just, it doesn't sit right with me at all. So. Yeah. So it sounds like some people, maybe just the vulnerability took them, put, took them back. Yep. So, so guys, you wanted to, you decided to do a little bit of shifting in your marketing with, you know, the tagline more for the heart than the head to kind of help folks to ease that. So people didn't feel maybe confused when they came to the talks or feel punched. Yep. Well, and I've blogged about it too, right? I, I'm just trying to be very open about what this is, you know, that it it's number one. I, I don't, I don't ever ask speakers to speak about specific topics. I don't tell them what they can or can't say. Uh, there will be swearing, there will be crying. You know, I'm very open about that now. Uh, and we, we've tried to be, but again, we're not like my team. We're not marketers, right? We are, we're nerds who know how to use Twitter. That's about it. Um, <laughs> but I like that. We're nerds who know how to use Twitter. But um, but yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think the, the 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 feedback I did get was just you know just adjust your messaging. That's all you need to do. Just let people know what they are getting into before they show up. 
they they had no like they they didn't get up and walk out because they were like this this is not what we signed up for it was just wow this isn't what we expected it just as a di- there was a disconnect maybe between the expectations that were set and what happened yep. they maybe not weren't disappointed or like you said walking out but you wanted to have a little bit more consistency or cl- you know clarity yep that makes it that makes a ton of sense so um I want to talk a bit about uh, some logistical pieces of the conference. So how big is the conference about now? About how many folks? <sighs> Attendees? Yep. So we're still, we've still never hit the number that's been in my head, which is just, I, I don't even know what to say. So we average probably 120-ish attendees every year. And what's the number in your head? 200. If I could just hit 200, I would be happy, right? This will never be a thousand person event. I wouldn't want it to be. It would change the vibe. Um, But 200 has always been in my head. And so we've struggled with that. Um, I I don't know. You know, we've we've changed dates. We've done, you know, we've done things. We've tried to to do what we can. We've we've done more outreach. We've uh, given away tickets. We've, We've, you know, paid for students to come. We've done all sorts of things, but um, we do have a core audience that shows up year to year. It's just reaching beyond that. So yeah, it's about, a. I think last year we were probably 120. Well, I think that's a perennial problem for lots of folks is getting beyond their, their core network. You know, as I call it, like selling to strangers or getting the word out there. It's, it's actually an incredibly, can be an incredibly challenging Thing. And I think especially when you have a concept that's quite different than what most of tech conferences are like, you know, are in, the, in our industry. Right. So one, one thing that, um, you know, we, we've been trying to do, again, is this, this, new, this new approach, right, of just being very, like this is, we, we talked about soft skills, but this really is what this is. This is stories. This is storytelling. This is, you know, emotion. This is crying. This is swearing. This is that kind of stuff. Um, but I also came to the conclusion probably three or four years ago that the people that show up are the right people to show up. Yeah. So I don't, I don't lose sleep over the fact we're not at that number. I would love to be at that number. Uh, but I, I also know too, that historically, um, you know, getting things ready to go, you know, we, we haven't done a good job of, uh, like this year's this year's completely unusual, right? Tickets went on sale six months before the event because I just had time and I'm like, I'm going to get this stuff ready to go. All the speakers are lined up. That's never happened before. Uh, I'm typically lining speakers up six weeks before the event. Um, well, yeah, what's different about this year? Because I know this year is a, a different, yeah, a different so, year. So what's different about it? So this year is number 10. Uh, and this is the last year we're going to have the conference in Kalamazoo. Um, mm. So it's the last Kalamazoo X that we're going to have. Um, but I've got some ideas, right? So, but, but, but some of that, I've been saying that it's the last one for a number of years, right? I, I, there have been speakers who are like, okay, if this is the last one, I'm going to come. And that was like year seven, eight, nine. Uh, and I'm like, no, for real guys, this year, this is it. We're done. So why is that? Yeah. Why is 10 the last one? Is it a nice numbers or, you know, what was the thinking behind you know, the, the last Kalamazoo X. So 10 is a, 10 years is a long time to do anything. It is. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a long time to do anything. But I, I, I feel like 
it's a it's it is a good number right it's just a good number um it's a good it's a good stopping point right it's i don't want to i don't want to try to play this out too long and, and, and have it end up turning into something else right so but you know we do have plans i have plans right i think i've shared them with my planning team but um my plan is to yeah this is the last one in kalamazoo um but I, I want to try it in other places. I want to try it in other locations to see what what am I what have I been missing? Right? Is this a conference that will no matter where it's at will only ever get a hundred people, hundred and twenty people? What if I took it somewhere else to a bigger city? Kalamazoo is kind of out in the out in the sticks, right? It's not easy to get to. Yeah. Um, so what happens if I try it somewhere else? What happens if I try it in like a Columbus, Ohio, which is where look my the first year of the conference. I would say out of the 14 speakers that showed up, uh, 13 were from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's where my network was at the time. Yeah. Um, so I have some loyalty back there, right? Because they've always done done really uh, good by me. And, and that's where a lot of the attendees came from that first year was from Ohio. Yeah, there's a strong community in Columbus. I now have a really strong network of folks in Columbus, which I love because of going to the conference. Yep. So... You know, part of me thinks, okay, let's let's give it a shot in Columbus. What happens if it's there? Well, then there are other cities I'd like to try. So my employer, Quicken Loans, is in Detroit. Detroit is a vibrant community now. It's not, you know, I described it recently. It's not RoboCop, right? It's a vibrant community, lots of things going on. What would happen there? What could I do there? Um, I've had people express an interest to, you know, what about Louisville? Mm. Well, I, I'll give it a shot in Louisville. I've had, uh, you know, I had someone say, well, why not go big? Why not give it a shot in Vegas, too? So, I, you know, I, I'm open to try it all. But the, the one thing I won't do, at least right now, is give up any of the, the control over how it's done. So I'll try it in those cities, but it's really going to be, I'm going to, same recipe. I'll find local contacts to help with venues and, and those types of things. But by and large, it's going to be Kalamazoo X just on the road, um, you know, invite speakers from all over, bring them in, you know, treat them well, bring in attendees and just have a, have an awesome time. And again, I hope what I'd like to see is one of these cities, like just, yeah, hit that 200 number easily. What is it about the 200 number? Is there something that it means, um, or something you can do? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just curious about it. (laughs) Just, uh, I don't know. 120 seems like an odd number to me, right? It doesn't, it's not a sad, ah. it's not, it's not satisfying. It's 120. What, what are you talking about? So our venues have always been, been able to hold more. Mm. Our venue this year uh, can hold substantially more than that. Um, I mean, so, so let's talk about venue real quick. So, you know, we've always been in college classrooms or, you know, one year we were in a, in a, a place that's probably more typical of, of weddings and receptions than it is of a conference. Um, this year, though, we're actually in a, in a real theater, like a real stage, um, which I've just been waiting for this because the speakers deserve to be on a stage and just, uh, it's, I can't wait. Um, but uh, the theater can hold 500 people. You know, so if we get 120, I don't know. I just, it doesn't, 
I, I don't know how to describe it, right? That 200 it seems number is smaller. Just... Yeah, well, and I think if, if you have 120 and a 500 person theater, it might feel small, you know, the event might feel smaller, right? You think mm -hmm. about like space and context. Yep. So yeah, you, there's just for you something about 200 that feels like a, a, a good number yep. for, you know, I think also maybe the participants too, because I think folks get really close and then you can spread that sort of, that feeling that happens at a conference like that, where people are willing to be vulnerable, then more people get, uh, I guess, infected by it, so to speak, in a good way. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it spreads, it spreads that. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, look, if I can introduce that many more people to my friends and the things they have to say, and if to and show more people that look, it's not all just you know, bits and bytes and, and the latest tech thing. It's, it's being open and, and being vulnerable. And, and it's those things that if more people can see that, you know, again, it's, it's about trying to be better human beings. And, and one of the things that I've always loved about this conference is just how, how open and collaborative it is. Even the first year, you know, uh, it's, it's so hard to describe, um, but yeah, I just want to expose more people to it. And and that's, I've always just, my whole planning team, we've always kind of been, well, you know, why won't people, why will people take a Saturday and go to a day of.net and learn the latest geek thing, but they won't come here? Why do people pile their bookshelves with books on frameworks and stuff, but they won't pick up how to win friends and influence people or emotional intelligence 2.0 or any of those things, right? But they'll, they'll do everything else. So that's the, the, the battle we're trying to fight is getting more people to, to realize that this stuff is important and you know again well, it, right not I not mean, think, not having the audience that's it, it's 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 frustrating to me to not even be able to hit 200 hmm. you know well yeah and i think you get to the heart of that like thinking about emotional intelligence and why this is important i mean obviously you and i've talked about this and i think it's pretty well known those are topics i love i mean i am all about that that's what my whole career has been um, but I think in many ways it is easier for us to pick up like especially in the technology industry let's go learn go or let's go learn a new framework it just seems more like that's part of what our work really is it's like gets to like how do we define our work right I think yeah. most technologists might define their work as code that's it's right? true it's true it is but but there's so much you know if I had to give any any new developer, any piece of advice, it was it would be work on your work on those other things. You can learn code, you can do code anytime. Learn those other things, you know. And, and it's it's a shame that that people don't think that right that they are so focused on that one little piece of what they do every day. They they you know. But there's so much more to it. You know, are they not talking to other people? Are they not having to influence people? Are they not having to sell their ideas? Are they not having to, right. you know, give feedback, receive feedback? Are they not having to do that? I, if they are, I don't know what, where they're working. But Well, yeah, it gets back to, I think, how we define our jobs. I also think that this kind of things are, are squishy and, and, th and they're hard, mm -hmm. right? I think they can be incredibly challenging. Uh, of course, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you because, again, I love this stuff. Like, right. When you invited me, I was like, hello, you know, I've been called home. You know, the mothership is calling me. Yep. So uh, I, of course, I, of course, love it. 
Um, I want to shift gears though for a minute. I want to talk a little bit, we were talking about like the logistics and all of that kind of stuff. Another aspect is conferences, there's so much that goes into it. And one of the things I'm always curious about is whether conferences make money, whether they lose money, they break even, because there's an incredible amount of risk, right? Because at some point, most conferences, you know, you're at least maybe, you know, helping out with like a plane ticket, potentially a hotel room, or, you know, also you've got to, you got to lock in the venue and you got to pay for food no matter what. So I'm curious about the role of finances and how with Kalamazoo X. Yeah. So Kalamazoo X is relatively uh, cheap to run. So I, I've got friends who help run CodeMash and their budget is, their budget is crazy. I, I can't even imagine, right? I mean, one of their meals costs more than our entire conference to run. Right. CodeMash is massive. I mean, it's like how many people uh, now? It's up to about 2,000 now. I was going to say it's huge. 2,000 in you know, four days. Yep. So, but, you know, so our, our conference, uh, totally transparent here, it costs us about uh, 10,000 to run. Uh, okay. This year, this year for number 10, we're going to kind of blow that up a little bit because there's more stuff I want to do. Um, but we, we, you know, historically, we, we have always paid for speakers travel. Uh, we paid for speakers hotel rooms. Uh, you know, anything the speakers need, we, we, we do. It just seems like the right thing to do. Um, you know, we, I think only one year we didn't provide lunch for people. We kind of set them out on their own, but that was, so we went from a very open venue the first couple years, uh, lots of natural light to, we said, let's try a hotel. Let's try a hotel conference room. Um, and that cost a lot more, which, you know, meant we really couldn't do a, a decent lunch, but it was just awful. So we went back. So yeah, so we, we provide a, a, you know, really good lunch now, uh, snacks throughout the day. Um, well, and so if it run, if it costs about 10 K to run mm-hmm. our, where, where does that money come from? Um, how do you, know, do you have sponsors? Are you pitching in? Are you breaking even? Are you going, you know what I mean? What, yep. how is, how do you get that money? Yep. So number one, so Kalamazoo X conference is a nonprofit. We are, okay. we do have a 501c3 set up. Uh, so we are definitely not out to make money. Uh, you know, if we, if we break even every year, I'm happy. Um, but so we do solicit sponsors, uh, but also ticket sales. So the first few years, our tickets, you know, the ticket prices were super, super cheap. And then I had people tell Wait, me. Wait, what's super cheap? Uh, 20 bucks, 25 bucks. Oh, yeah, that's super cheap. That's okay. super cheap. And I, <laughs> I, I had people telling me, uh, there, there's one guy in particular who's like, I get more value out of coming here than I do the business of software conference. And that, that to me was like, whoa, okay. I had people telling me, look, I would pay three times as much for a ticket or four times as I would easily pay, you know, 75 bucks for a ticket. Uh, now we, we've always had two tiers of pricing. We've always given students a break. Uh, Kalamazoo is a university town. Yep. So we've always wanted to give students a break. Um, but we, we have kind of bubbled those the, the, the primary ticket price up a little bit over the years. So now, you know, we're at 75 bucks. And I still have people tell me, holy cow, that's it? Yeah. Do you want to pay more? <laughs> I mean, I'm okay <laughs> with that. So so our, our, the money coming in is ticket sales is, is a percentage of it. I don't have the exact percentage, but ticket sales and then sponsorship. 
look, if I could do it all through sponsorships, I would certainly do it all through sponsorships and cut ticket prices again. Or, you know, I will never have a zero cost conference for attendees because there's a whole other bag of issues there. Um, if people don't have to pay, then they tend to decide last minute they're not going to show up. Right. So right. that little bit of skin in the game helps. Uh, so yeah, so, so 10 grand that, that, so 10 grand covers for us, all the speaker hotel rooms, any flights they are going to take the venue, the food, um, speaker gifts. I always give speaker gifts. Um, you get great speaker gifts. I do. <laughs> that's, that's like <laughs> I, mean, my I still have mine. <laughs> that's like my favorite part of, of all the setup. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, you know, it, it, it doesn't cost a lot. Now, like I said, this year we're going to go a little bit of 2018. We're going to go a little bit above and beyond. Uh, hired a professional photographer. Uh, hired a couple other people to help just make the event better. Um, the venue is going to cost us a little bit more. Um, you know, and I, I, again, I just I want it to be a, a memorable event. So there's some additional things I want to do. You know, this silly things, right? Like the, I, I want to get like, you know, cookies with our... our you know, Kalamazoo X, X, we always joke, Kalamazoo XX, right? So it's the 10th year. I want to do s silly things like that, that it's just, you know, years before <laughs> it's like, we might be able to do that. But, you know, so we just didn't do it. But this year I want to do that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I want to, I want to make sure that we can help with any kind of after party, uh, you know, because historically that's been just, if there's a sponsor that can do it, then, then we do it. If not, we don't. But I want to make sure that people can continue to to uh, talk and, and get together after the event. Well, yeah. And, and so when you talk about that 10K budget, it, do any of the, uh, do you or any of the committee, do you pay at all for your time? Do we pay for our time? Do you pay yourself? No, to, uh, oh God, I didn't. No. Th I I didn't think no. so. I'm just making sure. Like like I. The reason I'm saying that I knew the answer. <laughs> the reason I'm asking is because uh, I think that there is not always a great understanding of what it really takes to run a conference, uh, and and how much time you know you put into it. I remember when I volunteered for Denver Startup Week and I was the marketing co-chair. And the amount of time I put in, had I charged it to a client, would have been the price of a low to, not a really super cheap car. Like, <laughs> it's a, it was a lot of time. It sort of shocked me how much time when I added it all up. So you, don't, you guys don't pay yourselves at all. No, and my planning team and I, we put in hundreds of hours leading up to right. this. Right, hundreds, hundreds. hundreds. Yep. Yeah, there's, there's no question. Along with our full-time jobs. So, right, ex exactly, yeah. yeah. And I'm asking these questions that I know the answer to to help to help sort of flesh out what it really takes to run an event. I think it's easy for, as an attendee, to sit back and, well, they didn't do this, you know. They didn't have cookies with an X on them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, you know, we've, we've gotten things like that before, right? Well, there wasn't water, there wasn't coffee, there wasn't, well, I, you know, but look what we did. Look what we did do. Um, right. And, and all, right. That, all that work up to it. But at this point, too, I will say, I'll be fully honest here, it's, it's, we have been doing this for so long, so much of it is just, like, automatic now. Like, speakers this right. year was a, was a piece of cake. Speakers previous years, it's been a little tougher uh, because I, I've, waited to, I've waited to get, you know, like, CodeMash has pretty much been my drop dead for speakers. I, I go there and I look for the last couple. Uh, this year, everything just, I was at one conference, and it's just, I invited one, and it was like dominoes. 
and it's just yeah the, the program for you the folks you wanted to have at this conference just kind of fell together just fell together absolutely together. and I still you know like it's still tough because I, I've I have such a uh, there's so many good speakers that have spoken over the years that I want there's so many I wanted to invite back for you know year ten yep uh, and but I also need to be you know conscious of the audience and I can't have the same people back every year. Right. But, but so it, it, it's tough, right? It's tough to, to have to do that. But you know, the other parts too, um, you know, we've worked with Western Michigan university for venue for the last few years and they've been outstanding. So it's easy to work with them. Um, you know, everyone on the team has different things they, they do. You know, Matt Davis is responsible for the emails that go out and a lot of the Eventbrite set up and, and, uh, Hillary Weaver, Rob is, well, she's got like one job and that's to make sure that the food doesn't suck. Um, so, but you know, it's things like that, but they're, they all, you know, everyone is there to, to help. Um, my wife runs the finances. So she's the one who tells me, yep, we can do this. No, we can't. Or gets nervous when I say, by the way, I'm going to hire this extra person to do this one thing this year. So, but again, it's, it's, we've all done it now for several years. So it's, it's still hundreds of hours, but it's a different kind of hundreds of hours, right? It's it's not like the the oh this, this first year was super stressful. Now it's like eh, it's it'll be okay. Well, there's something about that, right? When you you know like getting in systems and processes, you scale it so that you can continue to do it. Because ten year, it, let's be honest, if it were all as hard as the first year, that would be ten years of like a trough of sorrow, right? Yep. Like th- the first time we do something is always harder. Um, so I have one more question before I, before I, I let you go here. Okay. So this is the last year of Kalamazoo X and you talked about going on the road to Columbus, Louisville, uh, Detroit, yay, hometown. Mm. Um, but, um, what, what, how, what will you call it if you go to these other cities? How, what, how will that affect the name? Well, so it, it that's where it gets a little weird. So it's always, <laughs> a lot of people have always shortened it to just calling it CalX. Right. Right. So it's just really going to be Calex Detroit, Calex Columbus, uh, you know, Got it. Calex Vegas, that kind of thing. Because uh, we don't want to lose that. We don't want to lose. Right. That's a whole bunch of branding, right? Yeah. And then you'd have to do Columbus X and start over with the branding. You know, I yep. think about that stuff yep. all are the you time. Guys, are, you know, lots of questions. Are you guys copying Kalamazoo or, you know, is, how is this, that kind of thing? Right. <laughs> right. So, and the funny thing is, so just a, a quick thing is that like I had never heard of TEDx until we were several years into our conference. And then mm. it started to feel just a little weird to me. Like the people think we're copying TEDx because we're not. This was just an independent idea that was a code name that just happened to just all kind of work out. I mean, you know, similar formats, that kind of thing, but it was not a, not a thing. Have you decided on the city for 2019 or, or ha- are you still sort of, you're just focused on you know, the last Kalamazoo X. Uh, so I, look, I think, I think I have, right. In in my head, it's, it's always been Columbus. Just because, like I said, there's that loyalty there. Um, you know, and, and some of it too is uh, if I do it in Detroit, I don't want people to think I'm doing it in Detroit because of that's where my employer is. Right. I, I want some separation there of, of this is my mm. thing. This is what I'm doing. They're not forcing me to move. They're not doing any of that because they're not, but I, I just, perception is everything. So, do it in Columbus, see how that goes. Um, now, I, I do run a risk. If I do it in Columbus and I get 200 people, does that mean I need to do it there again? I, so, you know, I, I don't know. There's all sorts of issues I still need to work out, all sorts of thoughts I still need to to work through before I, I, I really finalize where and how and what it's going to look like. 
Well, yeah, and is this public, the fact that what we're talking about today, that this is the last Kalamazoo X and that you're going on the road, has that been made public yet? The last one, yes, going public. I've hinted around it. Um, you know, I, what I've been saying to people, in fact, I just uh, had a little Twitter exchange with someone the other day, and I'm like, well, this is the last one in Kalamazoo. So if people pick up on that subtlety, awesome. Yeah, and it will be a special event. I feel like 10 years, you know, the last one in Kalamazoo. I mean, it, it is an end of an era, right? Because even though it'll still have the same, you know, ethos going to other cities, it will inevitably be different to some degree, which I think is what you want. Yep. Yeah, right? th I think th th some things do need to change. And, and I think, you know, location will be a, play a big part of it, right? Every, every city is different. Every city brings a different vibe. Every city, you know, it'll... It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm really excited too. And I cannot wait for Kalamazoo X10, XX. Yep. Thanks so much for coming on this show. I really enjoyed hearing even more of the backstory of a conference that you know is so dear to my heart. No problem. Thank you for having me.